AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Juan Cosby on the beat. <laughs> Twitter raps. Oh, oh, oh. We got them Twitter raps that I have. No reparations. You're listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Trending on Twitter. All right. Uh, fuck Brian Kemp and all his voter suppression. Motherfucker went and stole the November election. I don't like to see him, not in my reflection. Instead, I want to give him a fucking lesson. Show him what your leadership really look like. If you trying to get right, get that hook get right. Get that hook right, because we don't play. Fuck all that crooked shit in the DOJ. All that shit seems word. You niggas seem scared. I'm looking at that hashtag impeach burr. Because the motherfucker's stealing it And I think Trump's in the background Just wheeling and dealing it uh, He's be staying on that same team I'm like J.R. Smith I'm be high smoking dank green Speaking of J.R. I really need to stop it I'm missing that game It's the Lakers versus the Rockets uh, Michael Sparkle wildfire Or maybe go put on some flyer Attire like my name was Ice Cube Yelling at people And getting politicians to make weed legal no fudging. I hope they have some firefighters in the California budget. Because right now they're fucking running. Because it's an exodus. No, it's not the best of this. It's a climate change disaster coming to the master bedroom of your house in the middle of the valley. And I'm saying fuck the police kissing the white girl at a Trump rally. <laughs> oh, dope knife. Lingua Franco waiting on reparations. You know who we are. You know what it is. 
We're back again another week. How you doing? How, how how's the teaching? How's how the class is going? Is it all online? Uh, it's been split in person online. So my the class, the main class that I teach, uh, it's there's 26 students in it because of social distancing. However, only 12 of them can fit in the classroom at any given time. So I have to teach one class to the folks that want to come and then a second version of the same lecture on Zoom every Tuesday. So it's twice the work for the exact same amount of money. And I definitely love that a great deal. Um, But uh, I've been drinking. So I started drinking like two gallons of water every day. Any particular reason why? No, just because I'm depressed and (laughs) desperate for solutions. Be careful about that. I remember an urban legend back from when I was a little kid about some lady who kept drinking too much water and then like she perished. I don't know if that shit's true. It sounded true. It kind of doesn't sound true right now as I say it, but I think it's true. Only because you used the verb (laughs) perished and then she perished. It sounds like the the scary story you're like, Like lesbian great aunt. Perish sounds like some shit water does. (laughs) Like, like if you said. I started off saying that because I've been drinking two gallons of water every day and I've just had limitless energy. Today, I worked on grading for like four hours straight and recorded this bomb ass like a uh, video lecture and was just really on top of my shit and felt actually hopeful about teaching in this godforsaken pandemic with this godforsaken school open. So you almost got like a time. second wind? Yeah, a little second wind. So would you wind. say that other teachers like in Georgia have it worse considering, you know, how they're kind of forcing everything to be open and shit? I mean, yeah, schools, there's a lot of school systems that school districts that are open for in-person class in the public schools. Um, I mean, I think among public higher education institutions, Georgia is just doing one of the worst jobs imaginable. Zero transparency with regards to their COVID numbers. Story came out a couple days ago saying they trained a bunch of contact contact tracers over the summer and then didn't hire them to do contact tracing. And so so, straight up lying about you. They're straight up just misleading everyone. Speaking of misleading, have you been hearing about the deep fake videos coming out Tell now. Me about it. Start- I mean, uh, you know, at this point, I kind of even feel that it would be irresponsible for me to even repeat the video that I'm talking about because I wouldn't want to drive people to like go look for it and shit. But I- I've started seeing um, fake videos of Joe Biden and other Democratic political figures that, uh, popping up in my feed and stuff like that. And people that like, you know, sharing it like oh like it's the gospel truth and it's like you have to kind of pull them aside like hey man uh it's probably not wise to share the first thing you see when you log on you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you might want to vet that it's just just one of those things in the background that i've been noticing that's just kind of getting a little alarming but i knew um, this day would come i knew this day would come oh yeah yeah for him. so today so we're gonna take a little break from our usual historic deep dives into the interlinkages between hip-hop and public policy and kind of look at what's going on with real time with the singles and music videos that have dropped in the past week in their relationships to current events and public policy. So I want to start out by wishing a happy birthday to Easy e who would have been 56 years old on Monday. He was fondly remembered by fellow NWA member Ice Cube on social media. 
Uh, and he died of AIDS-induced pneumonia on March 26, 1995. God damn, 1995. It's fucking crazy. You know, I remember when that shit happened. I was a huge NWA fan, and I was a fan of all that gangster rap shit when I was a little kid. <laughs> shit that I probably shouldn't have been listening to, but Easy was definitely one of my favorites back in the day. Yo, imagine going to the doctor for a cough and finding out you have fucking AIDS. Wrap it up, B. Wrap that shit up, B. Yeah, in June of the year of his death, the FDA approved the first protease inhibitor, beginning a new era of highly active antiretroviral treatments, or HART, for AIDS, the treatment for AIDS. Um, once incorporated into clinical practice, HART brought an immediate decline of between 60 and 80% in rates of AIDS-related deaths and hospitalizations in countries that could afford it. Damn. So if he had lived just a few more months, he would have been... Alive to or able to get the treatment for the treatment, so at yeah, least, yeah, yeah, you know. And I mean, you never know what happens. You know, you very well could still be alive. Yeah. So what? What do you think Easy E would be like if he had lived to be a middle-aged man like Ice Cube is now? It's those are hard questions to answer because it's like it's like the last memory that you have of someone like Easy E is when he was in his like late twenties. You know what I mean? Right. So it's. It's like we'll never know what he would have been like if he had yeah, grown he, older. If he would have done, like, are we there yet? If he had experienced, exactly. If you he, know, if he like, had experienced the world as we all experienced it, yeah. would there have been a point where he's like, man, I need to, I need to, where's, where's the scripts? Where's, are we there yet? Where's, you know, where's yeah. bad boys? I, I could totally imagine Easy e as one of the cops in Bad Boys. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that he should replace Martin, but if it was Easy E and Will Smith, wouldn't that have been <laughs> hilarious? <laughs> <That'd> be <fucking laughs> hilarious. Easy E and Will Smith in the Buddy Cop movie, that would be dope. Make a deep fake. You know? <laughs> Just, yeah, make it happen, Yo, yeah. How come y'all don't make deep fakes of positive shit like that? Yeah. Um, it's always like Joe Biden's face in the <laughs> Watt music video or something terrible. I know. Some, something to haunt your, your dreams and your nightmares. And ben shit. Shapiro as Shakira or something. Thing to fucking haunt my nightmares. Yeah, thank you. So speaking of Easy and this protege Ice Cube, like you're saying, Ice Cube sat out the primary in terms of supporting a candidate, but he recently took to Twitter to support the Black agenda, and he urged his followers to be skeptical of anyone telling you to vote, but discouraging you from asking anything. And so it's interesting to me because he's sort of like being like scoffed at by the left for like, where were you when we had the choice of multiple candidates who were like trying to offer us something? Or, like, inviting us to ask them for stuff as a part of gaining our support. Whereas now, the center left, the liberals, are like, shut up and vote because we have an existential threat of fascism in the White House right now. And so he's, he's kind of getting shit on by everybody. I mean, he didn't he, did he not have, like, a thing where somebody thought... Or did he posted something that was like anti-Semitic too, or something like that? I, I remember his name being brought up around the time of the Nick Cannon thing too. I think it's weird that anyone that's like part of any sort of political establishment is um, looking to Ice Cube to like co-sign what they're doing. I mean, trust me, you listen to Ice Cube's music, and you know he definitely he has an understanding of the issues, but. Ice Cube doesn't fuck with them. Like, what in the world would make them think that Ice Cube would just be on board because the Team Democrat? I don't know. That's weird shit. That must be like being on Twitter and having too much access to people and thinking it's like, oh, yes, let me tell Ice Cube who to vote for or how to vote or what I think about his vote. Yeah, I mean, it's also interesting to think along the same lines you were just talking about. 
what Easy E's political development would have been had he lived to this day, uh, given that they, you know, had a very critical stance of the police and, you know, armed agents of the state in this current period, what side he would have fallen on. Because a lot of folks grow up and they and they mature and they grow more conservative. Mm-hmm. I personally don't understand that. I've gotten more and more left-wing as the older I get. The more I learn about how fucked up everything is, the more I'm like, yes. I might be cliche. Nationalize all the major industries. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this affects any of that, but I think another ingredient of the whole growing older thing is having a kid. Yeah. I think that can be part of it too. So, Because I feel the same way. It's like the older that I'm getting, and it, this is like 100% truth, the older that I've gotten, the more left I've my 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 you know th- thought patterns have been but um the friends of mine who ha- I have noticed have become more conservative the older they've gotten the the one common ingredient to that is like a kid or two so interesting I can't relate I'm looking at my only child and he is uh laying on my hoodie in orange and flapping <laughs> his tail around uh because he is a cat and he probably will be my only child ever because I don't think I'll ever be able to afford to have children so. in this economy <laughs> and in this climate, literal, physical, geological, astronomical, killing us. Somebody <laughs> asked me that question just a few days ago. Um, I had caught up with the old home, just through the power of Facebook, I had caught up with a old friend from like fifth grade or some shit. And she was like, you have any kids? I was like, nah. Then she says, are you planning on having kids? If you had asked me this like eight months ago, I might have said maybe. (laughs) But asking me right now, asking me in August of 2020, I don't really know right now. I don't really know about that. But let's uh, get back uh, to what we were talking about with the FDA. So the groundbreaking AIDS treatment that came too late for EZE was expedited for clinical use through the FDA's accelerated approval regulation, which allows drugs for serious conditions that fill an unmet medical need to be approved based on a surrogate endpoint or a sign used in place of another sign to tell if the treatment works. And give health providers the wiggle room to use approaches during a public health emergency that have a likely benefit. And FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn has said he's open to pursuing this avenue with the coronavirus vaccine. Trump claimed on Monday that a vaccine could be available by October through his Operation Warp Speed public-private partnership. That's a stupid name. I just, I, you know, I, I sorry, to, sorry to cut you off, but that's a stupid fucking name. Sorry. <sighs> anyway, the New York Times obtained documents sent to the state and city officials on August 27th that indicate the CDC is already instructing hospitals to begin preparing personnel, freezers, and distribution sites to administer a vaccine as soon as late October. So we got all this rushing, we got Trump rushing, we've got the CDC sending this shit out to state and city officials trying to prep hospitals for distributing a vaccine. But on the flip side, nine companies leading the charge to develop a COVID-19 vaccine released a pledge on Tuesday to stick to the science and the development and licensing of a vaccine and not give in to political pressure to speed up the process for convenience. So here we are with coronavirus cases in the United States topping 6.3 million and the confirmed death toll at over 189,000 as well with the knowledge that expedited FDA approval for an AIDS treatment came too late to save Easy es life. And I, you know, am wondering who the next E could be without fast action from the pharmaceutical companies. So how do we feel about a vaccine? I don't know. I, th- these are the sort of things that 
chip away at people's trust in these bureaucracies and things like that. And if you have half of the country that doesn't trust the word that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth, and I don't want it, I don't want any rushed shit. I don't want any rushed shit in my veins. Dead ass. Dead like, ass as a yeah. matter of fact, I'm not entirely sure how the science works, but I think that could potentially make the whole entire thing worse, right? Yeah. Like, so I don't see any reason to risk it. What I do know is that I've seen video of it raining and Donald Trump say that it's not raining. You feel me? Yeah. So fuck that. I'm not I'm not taking it. I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> like Yeah, I never thought I would be pushed to this point where like I'm so mistrustful of a government that a life-saving medical treatment. You have to like think twice about think it from twice, you know what I mean? Kind of sideways, yeah. Now, if it's like something where and you know who are the trusted sources and who aren't, you know, the at this point, it's it sucks to fucking say, but at this point, every you know, everyone's got their bubble of who they trust. I'm more so looking for what most doctors and scientists are saying, you know. So, if they should co-sign it and be like, "Hey, no, you know, th- this is what's up," then I guess that would kind of put my mind at ease. But does I- it make you feel any better that these companies have signed onto this pledge saying they're not going to bow to political pressure and are going to stick to the science and the development of the vaccine? Yeah, it does. But then that it's makes funny, me... funny because I never thought I would trust fucking pharmaceutical capitalists who make all this money off of, like, human pain and suffering. Do they have something to gain by, like, duping people in this in this sense with coronavirus? I guess not in this specific sense. I mean, they do profit off of people staying sick. If someone needs to buy more and more, more of med- their medicine every month... It's more profitable for them to make that medicine than to make a cure. I wonder what the numbers would be in terms of how many people are, who don't have serious cases of coronavirus are getting treatment. <laughs> I mean, for real, like yeah. it would probably be, this is totally just pulling out of the ass, but I would imagine that most motherfuckers, especially in this economy, most people that end up feeling some symptoms that aren't serious, that is just Puffing like... it out. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm just going to ride it out, so... As uh, one of the artists says in a song we're going to look at a little bit later, uh, fighting off a virus with hot water and lemon peel (laughs) is what a lot of people are resorting to. I'm pretty sure I can speak for Mariah when she says we're not, like, condoning any anti-vax shit. I want everyone to, like, use their best judgment to read, stay up on, you know, whether or not they're doing their due diligence with these clinical trials you know, keep tabs on what's happening with the CDC, what's happening with the FDA, and try to, like, discern, you know, what what's best for you. I'm not at all in, endorsing everyone uh, but uh, boycotting the vaccine or anything like that. I'm just stating personally how I feel right now. But, I mean, I just... Uh, maybe it's probably because I have a news overload, too. But, again, it's just... I'm looking at the people who are in charge. That's who I'm taking my cue from. And the people who are in charge have given me no reason to believe that, like, my safety or well-being is a concern. That's the way that I look at it, you know what I'm saying? Now, it's like a feeling that you you normally have, no matter who the people in charge are, but now it's, like, really, like, oh, shit, these motherfuckers. <laughs> these motherfuckers really were just cool and just, like, let a whole pandemic, like, fuck up the whole country, you know? So I... I don't I can't be the only person that feels that way that like let's say Trump wins and then they get the vaccine he's like here you go take it 
think I, I just I think there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna not want to, and that's I'm not saying that's a good thing. You know, I'm just saying I I, I think a lot of people are gonna feel that way. A lot of people don't trust him or his administration that they would feel comfortable with taking some rush vaccine. And it's a moment of expanded empathy. You know, like I've never really empathized with the anti-vax position in general. I haven't read what those folks have read, so I'm not really sure where they're coming from in terms of what perceived science is behind that position with regards to it, vaccines causing autism and things like that. But it's like, ah, oh, I get it now. This mistrust of the government. Like, oh, man. I mean, wow. I think that's what it is. I get it. I, I think that's what most of it, it is, is just the mistrust of the government. Yeah. It just depends on which government, what part of the government or aspect of the government you don't trust. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, up next, we're going to talk about a new single from Nigerian-Canadian rapper Toby featuring Jules entitled Dollars and Cents. Let's give it a spin. Making exam, shaking up the game the minute I was making a plan. 
Working with the dojo, I'm shaping the sign. Never he gives it. me a uh, JID vibe. But yeah, like a I, deeper... get a, I get a strong Anderson Pack vibe in, in the in the in the vocal style where it's it's got this like this this almost whiny edge to it yeah. that like is kind of like alluring. You said he's Nigerian Canadian. Yeah. So I really dig the video. That's a really original take on doing a video for the coronavirus era. So pretty much in the video, um, he's having a FaceTime chat in different scenes with a significant other while she's like dancing around the apartment. Yeah. And she's over in Lagos, Nigeria, and he's in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. And- Toby told OK Africa that he was supposed to go back to Nigeria in, in March. But the pandemic scuttled those plans, so he made a music video to capture connecting with his homeland from a distance via FaceTime call. I thought the music video was tight, uh, very stylish. I mean, you know I love lady with the big-ass big ass afro, afro yeah. dancing around <laughs> in this, like, modern-ass sleek home, cooking up some, I don't know, chopping up garlic and shit. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. I mean, the simplicity of it is what's dope to me. And um, I guess the thing about it that I like is, like, okay... My mom watches a lot of Nigerian movies, right? Yeah. Like, that's her, that's, like, her shit. That's her yeah. hobbies. Like, she just has a whole fucking collection of, like, VHSs at that, too. You know what I mean? Like, Nigerian films, Nigerian cinema. And it's, like, watching it, I just dig how it's, like, it doesn't matter what setting it is, you can tell that it's Nigeria. You can tell it's African. You know what I mean? It just yeah. has like, it just, it can be like a completely uh, standard, stereotypical, like westernized, westernized setting. Yeah. You know what I mean? But just the people interacting in the scene, it's like, oh yeah, this is African. You know, like yeah. <laughs> specifically. I, I love that. I love that vibe from the video. Like from the minute it starts, I, I could pick that up. Now, the outbreak of the coronavirus has reached every nation in Africa, and uh, Nigeria is one of the worst affected countries on the continent, with 55,000 cases and a little more than 1,000 deaths at the time of this recording. Nigeria, in fact, just ended its second lockdown for the coronavirus last week. Nigeria had 350 ventilators and 350 ICU beds for its entire population before the outbreak, and many officials feared its healthcare capacity would quickly become overwhelmed. Surprisingly, however, infection and death rates in many African countries have turned out to be much lower than initially feared. It seems that our struggles, our poor conditions might be working in favor of African countries and our population, said said Professor Shabir Mahdi, South Africa's top virologist and an important figure in the hunt for a vaccine for COVID-19. This is what he told the BBC. For a while now, experts have cited a youthful population as the best explanation for Africa's relatively low infection rates. After all, the average age on the continent is roughly half that in Europe. The scientists continue to look for a reason as to why the cases and death counts have remained relatively low to that of Europe and the Americas. So, this CNN article about the scientists trying to figure out why African nations haven't been as impacted by the coronavirus as initially expected was harshly received by the internet. A lot of folks lambasting it for assuming that Africa, Africans can't handle their shit. Which, like, I get. It's kind of cringy. But it's, but it's not like these are just random white people that are like, why, is it, why aren't Africans dying? These are literal virologists who understand the way viruses spread, yeah, the conditions that foster their transmission. That's cringe. And that's cringe. That's a cringe take. I think it's a little a bit <laughs> that's of a, a cringe, cringe take. Because, like, like, for real, like, I, you you obviously know I hate saying shit like this, but 
as an African dude, you know, like when when the shits was popping off in March, and I was talking to like family members and people who were in Africa, it was like, yo, if the shit is that bad over there, like in the U.S., like fuck, what's it gonna be like over here? You know what I'm saying? After about a month, it was like. Yo, are y'all okay? Do you need some help? <laughs> Do you need me to send you something back? You know? So it completely switched. And I mean, I still don't know why, but a lot of people had that concern. You know what I'm saying? That this was going to hit Africa in particularly hard. I mean, especially considering that you could look over at India and see what was going on in India. So, man, people need to calm the fuck down for real. It's unexplained. Top scientists can't figure it out. Some fucking nimrods on Twitter aren't going to fucking figure it out. Like, you, you know what this made me think of when I saw that in the notes? Because I, I hadn't heard of that about yeah. the, the whole like reaction to that. But, um, you know, I watch basketball and shit. Yeah. The similar thing happened in basketball or just a similar reaction to something where a, uh, a guy just got a job to coach the Brooklyn Nets. His name's Steve Nash. He used to be a really good... For, there's some people who are listening to this who are like, why are you explaining it this way? It's because Mariah doesn't watch basketball. She doesn't I have know no who idea the fuck what I'm he's talking, talking about. about. So Steve Nash is a really good basketball player and he retired. And it's like a common thing. It's not an unusual thing that these like super, super good basketball players, point guards and stuff like that, especially end up getting coaching positions after they retire, right? Without any experience or anything like that. So Steve Nash got the job and there were takes of it being white privilege and how did you guys give him this job and it should have been a black guy. But in this particular case, it's like, yo, this shit happened for like five black coaches in a row like yesterday. <laughs> maybe not like, maybe not maybe not this time, y'all. Let's chill. Let's chill. Maybe not this time. New this week as well as East Coast rapper Graf's new single, Killing Kings, fe- featuring my son, Ray Emanuel, and Sly Piper. Dropped on September 3rd, it calls out interracial and police violence equally, as well as the stress of just trying to stay alive under the intertwining pandemics of the coronavirus and systemic racism. Over a twangy guitar simple, re- reminiscent to me of the Fugees. Let's take a listen. Until they hung a nigga last week, I'll be back in the street active. You'd rather believe we can have peace. American pie, you'd rather believe we can Now, I've said before that Ice-T is my goat and my favorite hip-hop artist, but, you know, Graf is probably my favorite rapper. He definitely was my favorite rapper when I was first starting out back in the day. This is like... This type of song is more indicative of my son's catalog. Like, he usually raps about shit like this. Yeah, so okay. Th- so for Graf, this is kind of not his usual shit. Got you. So he calls out those who criticize... So on the first verse, uh, Graf calls out those who criticize Kaepernick for kneeling. And later, Ray Emanuel chimes in with the line, I've got a target on my back, so I don't care if they burn it down the target where you at. And then on the third verse, my zone... Name drops Brianna Taylor and Elijah McClain saying they did little Elijah. I don't care if your precinct's on fire. Niggas getting tired of marching. You know, kind of like talking about the different forms of protest, how the former peaceful ones often get overlooked. They get uh, criticized as much as the not so peaceful versions. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, I think it's touching upon this national conversation right now about like, what is the proper way to express our grief in the aftermath of tragedies like these? And my personal favorite part that I uh, dug is the part where Graf says, how I'm fighting police when I'm busy fighting depression. 
that shit. That captures this whole last fucking three months. For real. Like, I mean, but I mean, you've been dealing with it better than most motherfuckers because you've actually still been <laughs> getting yourself up. Day, bitch. <laughs> you've actually been getting up and doing it. But I mean, goddamn, if, when I heard that line, I felt that shit because it's like a lot of the last six, seven months has felt like a, a punch in the gut. A lot yeah. of stuff, you know? And, yeah. and it's sometimes it gets hard to kind of look at you know, the the world is like a whole picture and yeah. not like just be concerned with what's going on internally. So I, f- I feel that. I feel that. There's oh, the, yeah. I, uh, you know, you, 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 especially for someone like me who like, I mean, w- I watch the news all the time for this podcast. So it's like, you know, I see, I see the protest, my roommates going to protest and shit. And I'm like, I'm sad. I don't want to do anything. You know what I mean? It, it's, it makes you feel guilty in a way. No, oh, I feel that. I mean, in the aftermath of the budget vote back in June and our failure to defund the police here in Athens, I spent like a solid month just in bed. In bed. I like fled. I went to California. I fucking came back from California and fucking uh, just fled to my mom's house. I was just in a fugue state. I was in a fugue state because it's too much to handle. It's, it's a lot. I mean, no one should, no one out there should feel like, <laughs> like it's not a lot. Like this is fucked up. <laughs> if, if you, if you, if you're wondering, you're not alone. Like this whole entire situation. And I, I'm talking, I'm not just talking about the George Floyd stuff. I'm talking on to now. Like there's nobody who's alive, who's experienced anything like this. And it's relentless, you know, and they, they call it out here in the hook when they sing. They say they shot him because they fled. And it's unfortunately a timely refrain given the killing of 18-year-old Dion K by DC police the day before the single drops. So body-worn camera released in the aftermath of the shooting shows the officer running out of his car and in a matter of seconds firing his gun at the teenager as he was running away from police. The officer made no attempt to de-escalate there was no warning or directive given to Kay to drop the weapon, a weapon that Kay appears to have thrown in the air and which was uh, recovered almost 100 feet from his body. Now, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser has stood firm against calls to defund to the police from the get-go and has been lambasted by Black Lives Matter D.C. for painting the words on the street she renamed for the rallying cry. BLM D.C. is now calling for Mayor Bowser to fire the officer that killed Dion. I think, you know, the fact... Uh, the facts that are revealed by this body cam footage and, you know, calls from reformers to, oh, well, we need to increase body cameras and then mandate body cameras and increase police budgets for body camera uh, usage, um, I think still falls short of what a lot of the activists in the streets, the, you know, the revolutionaries out here putting their lives on the line for this movement want to see because... Uh, in the case of Daniel Prude in Rochester, who, you know, a, a black man that was experiencing a mental health crisis, his uh, family member called the police who, you know, put a spit hood on him and pressed him face down on the freezing cold street until he had, you know, problems breathing, he ended up going to the hospital and dying seven days later. Um, that body cam footage didn't come out. He died in March. And that body cam footage came out last week. And so the transparency and the ease of access to this footage is unequal. Sometimes it stays locked up for months. Sometimes it never gets released. And so, sure, we can say it gives us greater accountability with the police. But uh, we got but it's not but there. 
But we run into issues with how the police misuse this footage sometimes for their own gain to protect those that make up their force. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and especially if we don't have any control as to when the body cam footage gets out and when it doesn't. Because, I mean, right now, wh- wh- when did uh, Prude happen? March. She died in March. That happened in March. So that happened around the time of Ahmaud Aubrey, right? Or a little bit after? Yeah, right around, right after Breonna Taylor's killing, right after Ahmaud Arbery. The public being aware of this situation and possibly the protests last a little bit longer. With I mean, more, like, as intensely as they were in, like, July and June, they last a bit longer than that. Maybe something extra gets done. Like, this is important shit. I mean, the entire, the, the, um... Chief of Police, entire command staff of the Rochester Police Department resigned. Yeah, no, I heard about that. You- so, like, and they've been they've been in the streets for like what five days. AT and T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I've noticed that the K case hasn't gotten as much 
coverage. Because he had a weapon. Behind it. He wasn't yeah, an angel. Yeah, I was just about to you ask know, and you. That about, kind of I mean, yeah, I was gonna. If that's what you thought it was, it, it sucks that a gun being involved makes people be dismissive of it. But yeah, because it's this double-edged sword of also expanding the surveillance state so that every interaction that you have with a police officer is filmed and they can do it what they want and what they will with that footage. Whereas on the other hand, uh, a footage of these police killings has helped draw public awareness to the issue of police brutality and of uh, police impunity. So it's like, what? I just don't know how to feel. I mean, I'm not really in favor of giving any more funds to the police for anything to expand their budgets in any way. Um, and yet documentation of this you know systemic issue is the only way that we have been able to cultivate a national conversation about how to fix it so lastly let's turn to the controversy swirling tiana taylor's new video or self-directed video for her song still let's check out a little bit of that opens with her peering out the window with a gun like Malcolm X um, and smattered with historical footage from black liberation movements and police impunity throughout the decades. Later, Taylor is dressed up like Breonna Taylor in her EMT uniform and later still as Emmett Till's mother grieving at this casket side. And many took to Twitter to decry the video as profiting off of black death. I actually thought the video was kind of dope. If you just played that song for somebody, they wouldn't think that song is about what's going on right now, would they? And that's why the video is powerful, because it recontextualizes the lyrics in, the, in a way that makes the lyrics even more profound. If you read them as like a simple love song and she's crying out for this guy she thinks about still, like I would probably hear that on the radio and then like switch stations, because who the fuck cares? We've heard that song a billion yeah. times. But recontextualize as as a statement of the grieving that we're dealing with this still, that we're thinking of these people who are slain still uh, by adding this visual element to it. It really like change. It really changes what the song means and kind of like again, I got, I got goosebumps. I so got what goosebumps. was people's issue exactly with the? The issue is that the lyrics have nothing to do with what the images it, were. There's no call to action. There's okay. no directing people to resources to get involved in the movement. It's, it's not activism. It's not activism. That's bullshit. I think that's bullshit. That criticism of it. I don't know why. This doesn't make me not like it because like, I feel how you feel. I thought it was dope, personally. But I feel that, um, I got to admit, the part where she was singing and she was dressed as Brianna Taylor, I don't know why. I couldn't articulate it to you. I've been smoking. But it kind of made me cringe. I don't know, maybe if it was an actress or there was, like, an actress that was, like, you know, or, you know, one of those camera tricks where you don't really see the person's face, but it's, like, alluding that it's Brianna Taylor. I don't know why. This is just a complete personal thing, but something about it, when I saw that part, I was kind of, like, you know, kind of... I actually had a more visceral reaction to the footage of the actual, like, the audio of, yeah, like, the Eric Garner... The audio of like George Floyd, that stuff bothered me more because it's so re-traumatizing to experience that again. Whereas, I, wonder, is that, I wonder if that's in the uh, audio version. I wonder too. Or if it's just in the video. Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. Well, I mean, it definitely feels like it has more thought behind it than a lot of 
statements that have been made musically recently. We're allowed to grieve. We're allowed to make art that grieves. Yeah, it's like... I guess, yeah, she's making money off of it, but it's also her authentic expression of how she's feeling about what's going on. Or is it capitalization on what's going on? Or is it both? Uh, how much does I mean, the artist's intention, you know, feed into our interpretation of it? Realistically, there's no way that anyone can know how authentic it is, but... It feels authentic to me, personally. It, gave me, it made me feel something, and yeah. art's supposed to do that. Like, yeah. for me, knowing that, you know, it's her song, and knowing that she directed the video, to me, made it feel personal. You yeah. Know, watching it and listening to it, the whole experience was like, oh, this is... It wasn't like a director came to her like, hey, I got a, you know, groundbreaking idea that's going to make us lots of money. It was like, she wrote the song... She made this music video to capture what her words really meant. And yeah, I think it adds a, a layer of like of 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 sensitivity and like authenticity to it for me. Yeah, I I I've I'm not really that big on R&B, so it's hard for me to hear one R&B singer from the next and be like, "Oh, this is why this person's better than this person." You know what I'm saying? But I know that Projects like this are things that make me become fans of people, you know? It's like, oh, man, this is like a whole multimedia thing that is primarily one person's idea. Like, I fuck with that. <laughs> you know, like, I really do. I really do. So I'll probably be listening to some more Tiana Taylor after this. All right, good shit. Well, we're going to end this by me taking my index finger, pressing that space bar. DJ space bar in the house. Let's get one of those beats to rap over. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. We wait no reparations. Wait no reparations. Wait no reparations. Wait no reparations. Uh, uh. Happy birthday to my nigga Easy E. If he was alive today, he'd probably put out three CDs. But he died like back before I was in high school. Only one we got left is my nigga Ice Cube. I'm like, are we there yet? Let me play. Need a vaccine? Get her from the FDA. But it's almost too much hysteria. I need to leave this country and go to Nigeria. Go to Nigeria, cause they are nothing like us. You're very much unlikely to catch the virus. If you go over there, cause they ain't shouting louder. Trying to get some power. We're from Muriel Bowser. Oh, uh, Muriel Bowser, she take it in the streets. The hometown mayor saying Black Lives Matter to police. And you know that's why we call her the mayor. And then I go and sing sweeter than Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor with that video for still. Depicting a deceased Emmett Till with his mama crying and the tears so they fill. All over her face, all over her grill. All over her grill, I keep them fresh. I'm sitting at the window like Malcolm X. I'm just looking at these cops like who be next. Every time I'm on the shit, yeah, I beat this. What? It's hey. Welcome. My name is Dope Knife. I'm Lingua Franca. And we are waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations. Hurry up. See you next week. And you don't want to miss it. We're talking about reparations. We're talking about reparations. Not the game, but reparations. <laughs> waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. 
<laughs> Ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer, and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring, like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great-looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection, and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.